Welcome back to Voices of Durham. This is the podcast where we dive into the rich history and vibrant culture of Durham, North Carolina. I'm your host, Dave Kopp. I'm real happy to be with you today. It's a beautiful morning here in Durham, North Carolina, early part of February. Today, we're going to take a closer look at the incredible legacy of Black Wall Street right here in Durham. I thought it'd be it'd be good to uh, touch upon this. Uh, our previous episode, we, we talked about uh, Duke Gardens, and we, we explored the gardens and and uh, touched upon a couple of the areas there and, and uh, talked a little bit about the history of Duke Gardens. On my way out of Duke Gardens uh, the other day, I was uh, downtown Durham, and this is about, you know, about 10 minutes from where I am right now, and, and I passed a sign, uh, Black Wall Street, right downtown, right around the corner from uh, Luna's, uh, if uh, uh, you're looking for a good restaurant, uh, Luna's, uh, just right around the corner. Anyway, just uh, right smack in the middle, and, and uh, I, I saw the sign, you know, Black Wall Street. And I thought, well, that's interesting. Let me peel that back a little bit, and, and uh, I found a, a fascinating story. So I, I just wanted to jump back up on the air and and uh, and record this. Uh, just a just a quick uh, quick some quick background on on uh, Black Wall Street because I think it's. It's very interesting, and I think it's uh, I think it's very it's very important to uh, the background of Durham. So, uh, without further ado, let's uh, go ahead and uh, get right to it. Black Wall Street, which thrived in the early 20th century, was a remarkable hub of African-American entrepreneurship, community, and cultural achievements. In the early 20th century, as most people know, Durham was a thriving tobacco town. African-Americans played a significant role in this industry, and they began to establish a vibrant economic and cultural center, which became known as Black Wall Street. Black Wall Street was a four-block district centered on Paris Street, nicknamed in reference to the district in New York City. Although the term Black Wall Street did not become prevalent until the late 50s, its identity as an economic powerhouse for blacks was apparent since the late 1800s. Numerous other cities in the South had similar black economic centers, including Tulsa. Paris Street in downtown Durham was very close to the Haiti community, Durham's main African-American residential region. The two areas together served as the center of black life in Durham. During a time period when disenfranchising blacks and openly violating their rights was common, the black populations of Durham were making strides in business that challenged the legitimacy of white supremacy. 
Black-owned business in Durham can be traced back to the efforts of two African-American entrepreneurs, John Merrick and Charles Spaulding. This duo provided the leadership and initiative necessary for the beginnings of Black Wall Street. So, Black Wall Street was home to various businesses, including banks, law firms, medical practices, and retail stores. One notable example was the North Carolina Mutual Life Insurance Company, founded by John Merrick in 1898. It became one of the largest black-owned insurance companies in the nation, providing crucial financial services to the community. Black Wall Street created a self-sustaining ecosystem that uplifted the community. It offered employment opportunities, access to essential services, and a strong sense of unity and pride. This economic independence was a powerful force for social and political change during a time of racial segregation and discrimination. The Duke family was actively involved in funding a number of the enterprises on Black Wall Street. Seen as the quintessential Southern businessmen, The Dukes were a highly revered family who made a fortune from establishing Durham as the tobacco capital of the world. Often cited as one of the key advantages for Durham's black business sphere, the positive relationship between this white family and black entrepreneurs allowed direct capital to flow from the white economic sphere to the African-American sphere. This openly positive attitude towards the black community stemmed from Washington Duke's original opposition to slavery during the Civil War. Frequently characterized by local historians as philanthropic, accommodating, and welcoming, Washington Duke believed that economic progress should not be marred by skin color. Often found directly giving personal advice to American Spalding, the Dukes did not isolate themselves from the black half of the city, unlike other contemporary industrial moguls. James B. Duke once stated about the status of Durham, Durham as a city must be holistically judged for its economic merit. This means we mustn't let our colored neighbors fall into economic depression. It was also evident that the level of business on Black Wall Street was insignificant in comparison to the Duke tobacco industry. Therefore, the Dukes saw the aid of Black Wall Street as no threat to their industrial dominance of Durham. Few options were available for blacks to safely place money deposits and earn interest, considering whites often barred blacks from using their banks. Taking the initiative to solve this predicament, the founders of M&F Bank, Richard Fitzgerald and James Shepard, established the first African-American bank. M&F grew to be more than simply a depository for African-American wealth, but became a major source of loans for blacks. M&F allowed Black Wall Street to become self-reliant in terms of funding and allowed for a direct increase in the number of institutions and organizations. Within 20 years of the bank's founding in 1907, the number of black-owned businesses in Durham tripled. The bank itself has been a profitable institution every year since its opening, even during the Depression.
Black Wall Street wasn't just about business. It was a center of culture and education as well. Along with businesses, there were cultural and educational institutions. And one that still exists today was the Haiti Heritage Center, which was a cultural hub showcasing black art, music, and history. Unfortunately, the success of Black Wall Street became a target during the 1960s urban renewal projects. Many homes and businesses were raised to make way for highways and urban development, leading to a significant decline in the area's fatality. This was a challenging period for the community. It's heartbreaking to think about how such a thriving community was disrupted. However, there has been a resurgence of interest in preserving and celebrating the legacy of Black Wall Street in Durham. The city and local organizations have worked to commemorate its history through historical markers, museums, and events like the Haiti Heritage Film Festival. Today, Historic Parish Street is at the center of downtown revitalization. The Parish Street Project was recently formed as an initiative of the city of Durham to honor the history of Black Wall Street and spur economic revitalization along a central downtown corridor. I think it's really important to remember and learn from this history. It's a part of Durham's history that deserves recognition and respect. And I really do believe it's essential that we continue to tell these stories and preserve our cultural heritage. Well, this wraps up our show today, and certainly we 
Certainly, we just scratched the surface on Black Wall Street. I mean, this is a topic definitely, definitely worth um, exploring more um, in more depth. The, but I, as I said, when I, um, uh, at the top of the show this past Saturday, I was, uh, I was downtown Durham and, and, uh, saw the sign and I thought, geez, I'd, I'd love to learn more about Black Wall Street. Maybe a way I can do that is introduce a topic and then continue ex- uh, exploring this rich history and I, and I, and significant history. I think it's a significant history of Durham. Um, and so I, I would encourage you if, if you would like to talk to me about Black Wall Street, if you have some experience, perspective, what have you, um, I would love to speak with you about it. Um, as well as anything else that, that uh, uh, relates to Durham that, that you would like to share. Uh, or if there's topics that you'd like to talk about, uh, throw me a line. Reach out to me directly. I would love to hear from you. Commit to Courage, C-O-M-M-I-T, the number two, Courage, at gmail.com. That's how you can reach me. Um, I, buy a cup of coffee. I'd love to sit down and we'll... we'll there's a great coffee shop over there by the Bulls uh, Bar Pop, uh, Bulls Bar Ball Park. I can't even say it. Um, and uh, we could sit outside when the, when it warms up, maybe in the afternoon, or just sit inside and and talk, or uh, maybe even have some lunch. Right, Durham Grub or Elmo's down there on 9th Street or Queenie's. Right, that's right around the corner from Black Wall Street, like a, just a block over. Um, Heck, we go to the original Bulls ball, uh, ballpark where they filmed the movie, right? Um, right? There's supposed to be a great sandwich stand right around there, but anyway, I digress. So, I, anyway, reach out to me. I'd love to talk with you. I'd love to learn more uh, about Durham as well as you, and I, I just would love to listen to the stories. So, reach out to me. Happy to get with you and, and, uh, and talk. And heck, maybe we can do it on the air, right? That'd be fun do it uh, live on a uh, at a location as always thanks for joining me I, I appreciate you I trust that you're healthy that you're well and uh, keep that head on a swivel keep your head on a swivel and uh, keep smiling this is Dave Kopp signing off all the best to you thanks again for joining me